Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Content warning for discussions of familial abuse and somewhat graphic child abuse. Not too bad, but, you know, be prepared. It's not a great story. Someplace underneath. So I have a date, and we're going to go see Holy Mountain, the movie. Well, that's intense. And I love it. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but my date's never seen it. So I, <laughs> wow. I feel like such a mansplainer of just being like, mm, you got to look at this one. This is a movie. Judd Araski. Yeah. I mean, that is, you'll learn a lot about each other I, seeing well, that on a first date. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's an artsy guy. Yeah. I feel like such a like, because um, I've been with a few guys that don't. No, sir. Like, what's the movie with uh, with he goes to to Mars and he has the big eyes and he's like blah, and the woman with three breasts. Um. Oh. Uh. Oh my God. What is that movie called? Total Recall. Total Recall. Recall. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Our sound guy. A <laughs> Thank man. You, man had to tell us. <laughs> but I was like, kind of seeing this guy who'd never seen Total Recall, and I was just like, honey, I gotta show you Total Recall. I feel like the roles are reversed, Natalie. It's 2023. I'm showing men movies. Wow. And then you can call them sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, fun. I mean, I think especially since that's somebody, if it was somebody who was like mostly into rom-coms, it might be a, a bit of a jolt. You know what I mean? Like Oh, like a total like upside down world. He's like, I like 50 dresses. Right. Whatever the fuck Whatever movie. Whatever movie. Yeah. <laughs> House of 50 Dresses. House of 50 Dresses. Yes. yes. It's Rob Zombie and he's trying on 50 different dresses. He's always the bridesmaid. <laughs> um, yeah. That's that's cool. I love that. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yeah. What am I? No, it's good. You know what, what I'm excited for? What? We're about to go be up on a stage. Yes, we are. That is thrilling. And we're going to be really funny and silly and goofy. Um, we are. It's going to be a good time. Beach Blanket Bingo uh, in San Diego. I think that there are some tickets left. If not, there is a streaming link that will be available that I am keep not remembering how to get to. But you will be able to if you want to get to the link That's that right. day. When, what day is it again? The 20th? <laughs> I'm not good. That day. We're just like, not, I don't know where it is. I'm not good at promoting. Just well, put on, me, me on a up. train and tell me where to do I am excited to take the train down. I love an Amtrak. I love a train too. But I always have this romantic view of trains. But when you really get on a train in America, it's just like covered in piss and shit. 
Um, which is fine. What am I, a princess? You are a princess. Thank you. Um, but yes, you'll be taking that shit-covered train Friday, October 20th, 7.30 p.m. PST. And I well, I know a link will be there yeah. if you want to watch it live stream. Um, also, or just come come on down to San Diego. Yeah, ride the shit train with me. Ride, Come on, ride the shit train. <laughs> um, so, yes. Uh, what's uh, anything else? Let's see. Hmm. What are your Christmas plans? <laughs> Christmas? I don't know. I haven't really been home for Christmas in like my whole life since I left just because it's like so expensive. Yeah. I usually go home before or after like in, or in between or something. And I've always just been the loner in New York City or in L.A. But now all my friends are doing the same. So let's get yeah, drunk. Probably what will happen. Do you like how I'm asking you about Christmas in October? Like I'm not going to see you before then. <laughs> to get a jump start on knowing what your year is going to be like. What are you going to dress up as Christmas for Christmas? As, uh, for Christmas. Are you going to um, be Krampus? I'm going to be the uh, mistletoe you got to fuck on your... <laughs> <laughs> That's not what that is. All right. Well, speaking of fucking. <laughs> this is not, not a good transition at all. <laughs> but thank you for trying. Thank you. Um, <laughs> no, we're going to close. We're going to wrap up. Um, Adam Steed's story and just give a little bit of an update on Ruby Frankie's case this episode and then we're going to continue on our parasocial exploitation revisited series with some of the other updates that are on the wider scope of what's going on in that landscape and it's you know I don't know if it's good there's movement Um, I do actually think between this and the uh, lawsuit they're trying to pull uh, Onision, one of Onision's victims, and Chris Hansen are trying to sue platforms wow. for his actions, which we talked about a little bit on the, our stream. And I think there could be a case moving forward from stuff like this and and the Onision thing uh, to have to maybe push the hands of the platforms because right. you can't expect the parents to not do it and money is kind of that's the thing that does it because you're pleading to morality Mm -hmm. i mean like come on youtube why are you guys showing home births on your platform and then like a baby being like that's morally wrong this child should have a private childhood right they don't give a shit no 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 um so it might need to be at you know the hand again with money and going in it that way and trying to create laws around that and Taking the people, uh, taking the platforms to, to court and all that stuff. So we'll see what happens after this. Um, you know, some people don't feel very hopeful, but I do think it'll it'll shift. It's already like we've right. talked about shifting in other countries. Laws are being put into place. I mean, suing France. YouTube is big. That's like I'm going to go kill God. You know what I mean? YouTube and God are essentially synonymous, yeah, for sure. In the year of our Lord 2023, yes, yeah. We should start years over. Uh, like as the years of U- YouTube usage we've had, so like the first year is nineteen or two thousand and seven. Yeah, that's the first year. Or we could do COVID as the first year because let's be honest, I don't know what month or year it is. Ever since twenty twenty. All right, so we start over. So it's year three. It's year three. Okay, I'm down. Um, so right when we left off, we had been talking about one of Jody Hildebrandt's victims from before she got enmeshed in the mommy vlogger sphere. Uh, it was a man named Adam Paul Steed, who is an incredibly brave person. He was a whistleblower on the Boy Scout scandal. And because of that, um, was tra- traumatized for many reasons. And because he was a part of the LDS church, 
he and his wife ended up seeing Jody Hildebrandt through a series of unfortunate events. And she, where we left off, she had um, really fucked up his life pretty badly. Right. You were a bad boy. Yeah. So she she basically um, has a pattern that we're now seeing come through many people's testimonies who are now speaking out that um, she really only thinks of adult women as humans and then men and minors of any gender are the enemy and they're they're all sinners but they she uses the word everyone's in distortion same term like Scientology has a terminology thing every you know every single high control religion has a word yeah for people who are being mean to me they're mean should she go fuck a men's rights activist will that like calm her down I don't think so also it's too late I don't I think she's probably not gonna get she's in prison Yeah. yeah um but uh you know, maybe it would have helped both of them out or something. Who knows? <laughs> Too late to find out. So beyond everything that she did to him personally, something she does is a pattern and she rips marriages apart, rips families apart. Um, this is well beyond Adam. Uh, his testimony, there's many people who've had the same experience. And Adam and his wife were no different. They got pulled apart by Jody. And like he says openly, they didn't. They probably would have eventually been divorced. But what happened instead was this like horrible, traumatic, lie-filled separation. Mm. But they got, they got together pretty young, right? Well, yeah. But in LDS world, it was like very – it was like a common age. But mm. I mean, yes. they. I think in general in that community in Utah, in um, Idaho, it's normal for people to get married at like 1920, which <laughs> – Maybe that's why all these marriages are breaking up. I don't know if it's great always. Sometimes it works. Yeah. Um, but I think that's more like luck <laughs> right. than anything. Because um, you're still growing up at that age. So you don't even really know who you are. And that's always exciting um, to be uh, legally bound to somebody during that. So, uh, you know, he describes his former wife as a very smart person, like a, like scholarships, like not a fool by any stretch. But by the end of their marriage, his ex-wife had completely lost any sense of reality. She was kind of reminding me of like what Ruby's acting like right now. Just sort of um, up is down, left is right, like kind of ideas because like Jody had so effectively gotten into her head. She just poisoned her river. Mm -hmm. So because, you know, Jody can do that, get get into minds in that way and... For the women, while Adam was having all of these things happen, his life was being ripped apart. The women's suffering in this part would be to slowly convince them that their husbands were dangerous. And Adam's wife, this happened in in their marriage. At At this point, Adam just wants to be healed. And, you know, when he's still in the throes of this, we talked about like the slow burn it was couples counseling and then it got weirder and then it got separated and then all this stuff. And Adam is at this point in, in their uh, counseling, which is around like 2000, 2008, 2010, he just wants to do everything right. He wants to obey everything Jody's saying. He just wants it to everything to be good. And if he does everything that Jody asks, it's going to all work out because that's what happens when you get into like a mind trap like that. Right. 
But that's never the end goal with Jody. There's never a, a, a number of things you can do, or then she goes, "Now you, now you've healed." No, yeah, she wants you dead. That's her. That was that's her wish. Yes, for sure. And so, like her other victims, he describes that whatever he would do, it just wasn't enough. Even though he was trying so hard to to please her, and we heard the same thing from Jesse Hildebrandt back two episodes ago. Um, he wasn't being. He was. You know, it was never enough. Nothing he was doing was enough. And he was constantly lying to her. He was he wasn't trying. He was being manipulative. That was what her words would be to him. And he'd be like, I'm not, though. Same thing that happened to Jesse. Jesse tried everything they could think of to confess every sin and and do things correctly. And it was just never right, never right, never right. And that would drive me crazy. I mean, it does drive you crazy. Adam says at one point he was considering chemical castration (gasps) because he had been so convinced that he was a sexual pervert, even though he was having zero sex and was not masturbating and had never done a sexually deviant thing. She had him so convinced that he was like a sicko. Oh, my God. That he was like, maybe if I just like castrate, it'll be enough. And she'll say, like, I'm not a pervert anymore. And, uh, you know. That's crazy and sad and horrible. And the damage, you know, was done at that point. He describes some of the things that happened during this time before his wife put out a restraining order on him. And it's absolutely horrific. Um, This is a really disturbing, distressing thing that happened. Just everybody knows. Um, This is a form of entrapment that is uh, one of the most evil things I can imagine. So he describes once... In the midst of their their counseling, they've completely stopped being physical in any way. And co- like Jody want like says that's how you need to get better. Like he's too sick to like touch you and do all this stuff. Just like separate beds. Don't even look at me. Yeah. So during this time, they had had a baby at this point, and he had been giving his baby a bath, just like bathing his baby, like in a very lovely, loving, fatherly way, and innocently doing so. During this time, his marriage is sexless. And during this bath, his wife comes into the bathroom wearing lingerie and starts flirting with him. This is the first time she has made any sort of flirtatious or sexual advances at him in in months and months. So he's like, oh, my God, what? He's thrilled. He's like, oh, maybe we're finally getting past this. Maybe like she's because he thinks still at, at first he was like, my wife feels so much happier while we're seeing these couples counseling with this woman you know she must be getting better and then all of these things start happening and then it gets dark and but then he's you know living in the moment of this oh maybe my wife's coming out the other side maybe everything's gonna be okay so he was like thrilled and he starts flirting with her and um because she's trying to seduce him and saying like oh let's like get you know in the tub or whatever and he says okay but let me go get the baby out of here and so she picks the baby up and and that moment, because of his wife, he had become very slightly aroused in the tub, essentially. She she entrapped him, is all I'm going to say. No, and then they use it against him, and they're like, you're a child molester. Well, I, I don't know if they ever actually put that on paper or not, but these are the things he would describe. And this is, he learns later on, D- Jody described to his wife exactly what to do. Like, he was not aroused on his baby the baby was moved and then she was like flirting with him and then she saw he was aroused in the tub and was like, oh, my God. And 
It was done intentionally to entrap him. Evil. Horrible. Not only that, but to use your child as like a weapon. Bait. Ugh. Disgusting. And um, this was already, again, when he'd been forcibly stopped from masturbating or having any sexual, any form of release. And so... This had nothing to do with his child, very obviously, and did not affect, like, touch his child in, like, any way like that, anything like that. I just want to make that clear. This was an entirely entrapment thing. Like, she came into lingerie for the first time, even paying attention to him in months, at Jody's uh, direction. So, this is disgust. Like, I I can't, like, the how fucking dark can that be? I would never think go. to use the child as like a weapon. It's it's so disgusting. It's so horrible. In another time, he describes an incident where his wife called the police on him. And when the police showed up, she said he was abusing her. Or I forget it was the exact word she used. Like he was being, it was Jody speak. It was like a term like he was being something. Negatively impacted. Right, something. But after some pressing by the police... His wife explains that he was violating her boundaries by putting his book bag on the couch. This is in a police report, like a, a filed police report. The police could, like, arrest her for making, like, wasting their time. For sure. And they I don't think that they were in that mindset at the time. But in that instance, the cops had to explain to her that that wasn't a, an abuse or an offense that would, like, warrant arresting. And Adam said she was so contorted by Jody at that point that she had expected the police to arrive and take Adam away to jail because he had put his book bag on the couch. Take him away to jail. Put the book bag on the on the couch. She has to go. Yeah, and that shit's in a police report. What? <laughs> so, like, it's hap- it happened. He has proof. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. 
Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Long story long, Jody eventually succeeds at breaking up their marriage. And Adam concedes that they had already, they'd already, they weren't compatible, like I said, but they would have probably just had an amicable divorce at some point in their life. Now, because of everything that's gone on, he's considered a pariah for no reason. And because Jody reported him to the BYU Honor Code office, which we talked about a little bit last week, he's kicked out of school. He lost complete access to his child. By the way, if you want to see how insanely fucked up the honor code offices, go to the Wikipedia page, Church Educational System Honor Code, um, and go to the controversy section of it. Oh, I see a picture of Jesus holding a lamb. Oh, yes. It's sweet, beautiful American lily white Jesus that's in front of the right. honor code office holding a little lamb. Um, that's the that's the just it's like a photo from Wikipedia. But go to their con- controversy sections, church educational system honor code. See how what do they say? Oh, it's just so many horrible things. I uh, like this. Jody went and like talked about stuff that some stuff that Adam had said in, in therapy, some stuff that she just made up about him. You could just lie. Yeah. I mean, she did all the time. And she reported all of this to the you know that's the university so he was expelled what yeah i mean it's it's byu so it's like i feel like a college as long as your grades are there and you're not breaking any laws like who gives a shit right. if you've touched your dick or not like imagine going to like lsu and being like my friend was masturbating they'd be like get out of my office <laughs> yeah no my college i don't think it would have stood up to byu honor code office no. i'll say that much um <laughs> boy um, yeah, so it, it, it is such a bizarre thing that is so- socially acceptable in, in parts of our country and whatever. You can say whatever you want. You're allowed to, as a college, have to have rules. However, when it gets to this level of honor code stuff, the rules are so insane and so invasive and so private that in itself it's gross. But then the fact that Jody as a therapist, was accepted as coming into their office to, to talk about one of their students and, and to get him expelled is – it should not be legal in any way. That's – Wow. Do you think that they expelled him just to, like, get Jody out of there? To be like, if we just get this guy out of here, then this bitch will stop coming. No, out. Jody was completely in, intertwined with them and the church because she was connected so much to the LDS church, and the LDS church is BYU – and so they are all like Team Jody on all of this. Um, so they were just like, thank you, Jody, for letting us know about this dirty little man. <laughs> we'll get rid of him. And they did. He got kicked out. Um, anyway, Adam explains that Jody not only twists words and manipulates the women, the wives who come in, she teaches the wives the exact wording to say to get legal repercussions on their husbands that wouldn't be challenged in a court of law. 
Um, like she couldn't go to court, for example, and say, I want my husband not to have access to my kid because he had left a book bag on the couch. Right. That would get even in Utah, I think, would get thrown out. But there was an actually a time during this period of separation that Adam's wife got Adam thrown in jail for 14 days during an order of protection spurred on by Jody. And Adam like has made this very clear. And I agree that for the most part, like I don't feel like this what I'm about to say, I don't feel like this about Ruby per se, but a lot of the wives also are mostly victims in this situation, especially the very young women. Like Adam's wife was incredibly young and vulnerable and naive. And so he doesn't really blame her for any of this. And I think that's true in a lot of the case. I think Jody is going for the most vulnerable most of the time. Yeah. So even though Adam is saying, you know, my wife got me into these situations, he really is saying Jody did this. But on paper, for example, he's a very mature man, by the way, because if I were him, I'd just be like, fuck everybody. I'm burning it down. I mean, he is mature, very mature, but he's also grown a lot. I'm sure he didn't feel like this exactly in his 20s. He's 41 no. now, so okay. he's got some distance from it. But yeah, like I. For sure, he's a very, very um, impressive person after everything he's gone through. In this area, it's so hard to like get across how much it, it, there are there, the church is entrenched in so many aspects of life out there, and including the university and a lot of times in, in the police force. Not always. Wow. I, there's not. It's not. I'm not saying everybody out there is corrupt by the LDS church. Do they come look at your shit too? After you're done? I don't know. Does Jody Hildebrand have to look at my shit, too? I wouldn't be shocked if she did that. I really wouldn't. Um, After everything, everybody's had a testimony about her, what she's done. I'd be like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. (laughs) Um, So so in this system, it's so enmeshed with the church because, like, the local judge— Essentially, this is during that restraining order period. So his wife takes out this order of protection using very specific wording that's vague and not um, but sounds very menacing, if that makes sense. She knows exactly the legal legal words she can say without having to have proof. So like he put the book bag on the couch or he um, he. In, Vi- in, violated my privacy. Right. Something along those lines to make it sound like he's very dangerous and very scary. And so he got she got this order of protection and he had to go to court to deal with that order of protection. You have to like make a like you have to be present for it or whatever to, to make this all happen. And so he had literally been at school finishing finals. He wasn't kicked out of school yet. And he was like 15 minutes late and Jody got it, got him arrested for that essentially. And because the judge who was, would have had to have seen him to get out of jail was on vacation. He spent the next two weeks sitting in a prison cell because that's how it works out there. What? Yeah. And so this was at a point where she had been systematically shredding his life apart and she got him in jail. To sit in jail for for fourteen days. What a us. fucking bitch! Yeah, she's pretty bad. She's pretty bad. Um, guess what? She's been in jail for a lot more than fourteen days now. Though, right? So. <laughs> right in there. Right in there. Yeah, she she kind of deserves it. Um, so this is so weird that I'm like, 
wanting a woman to go to jail, but I do. I mean, this is the thing, though. Women women are capable of things because equality means we have to take. We are people. He's got to go to jail because he put his backpack on the chair, and I got to chemically castrate him. I mean, for real, and also. There, he was initially going to be charged with four felonies during this arrest for him being late to this thing. And I, he doesn't have proof, but I kind of feel like somehow she had a hand in that. It didn't, it was supposed to be a misdemeanor. He was, but he was going to get charged for felonies for it. Um, I feel as though somehow it's her fault, but. Another weird thing. Okay, this is also a thing where I can't tell if this is a Jody thing or an LDS thing, but this is fucking bizarre. When he was dealing all of dealing with all of this like order of protection with his wife, they were you have to like drop all these clauses. You know, I I assume when you're doing that kind of paperwork, there's all these things everybody has to sign and agreements and all this shit. And so it included a clause in the paperwork that he signed that he couldn't talk to his wife without an ecclesiastical leader present. So or an attorney. So it could be either their lawyers or a worship leader. <laughs> oh. Which is so weird. I don't know if that's a state law or that's somehow that they got that written in because of something Jody said or did. But basically, his wife was so under the guise and spell of Jody that their paperwork said that they could have just. Like a bishop instead of like a legal team in between them. Just like some guy. Yeah. Who just like did an exorcism or something. And he's like, why am I here? Yeah. Like seriously. It's it's so fucking unreal. But it's it happened. Like there's so much documentation. His former wife basically got him arrested and jailed because he was late for this hearing. Almost got four felony charges on it. All of this crazy paperwork he signed and it just like all went like there was no no rational person intervening in any of this. So at this point, after all of this, he gets kicked out of school, all the stuff she's done. Adam's life is in ruins. And this is all between the years of 2008 and 2010. And so Adam discusses in his interviews that when he was, you know, sexually assaulted in the Boy Scouts, that was this horrible um, like almost unthinkable thing that happened, but he feels like what Jody did was worse than being assaulted as a child. She knew that, and then used it against him. And I get, yeah, and I get what he's saying because this violation went went on for decades of his life. Like she took away everything from him. As much as he doesn't want to say he doesn't want to downplay the assault as a kid, that has ripple effects but it was like this in these couple instances where this is a woman who has like used her energy to just take his life apart oh my god this makes me never want to go to a therapist again well don't go to one in utah <laughs> right um f- for real <laughs> unless you're going to see barbara snow because we still want to hear about it i do i do want to be like barbara yeah can i lick your pussy barbara i wonder what she'd say yeah and so and also on top of that, it's like the violation as a child is is this horrible thing. But then to have somebody convincing people that you did those things to others, I, I to be honest, I would choose the molestation. Right. Like, I don't even I don't even know if I am allowed to say that, but I would t- to have that stuff be said about you. That's untrue like that. I 
that horror. What, uh. And because she's such a high respected person mm-hmm. in the church. Well, she's got to be true. Mm-hmm. It's got to be right. Yeah. No, for real. And so I want to jump ahead a little bit to how Adam temporarily got Jody's license suspended. Wow. He is going after it. Well, in certain ways, if you think about it, he was already primed for dealing with this horrible thing that most people are too they would have buckled because of the boy scout thing because if you remember he's he testified against the molestation guy when he was 14 right and he had collected all of the other guys the, the boy scout boys who had been molested by this guy and got them to testify and all this stuff so he had already like put a guy into jail as a kid and so even though he's like naughty uh, uh like a, i wouldn't call him like an overbearing or like a like a boorish kind of uh person he he was, I guess, at the point where after all of this stuff happened, he still was he was like, I'm going to at least do what I can, that she should not be operating as a therapist. And so he got her license temporarily suspended. And also I want to touch on in this situation how she ended up manipulating the system then and how she's doing it now in this process. She's in jail. Just like, please, she, it sucks in here. But she kind of is. I mean, a little bit more manipulative, but kind of she she's trying to make herself like the hurt victim in the situation. Oh, my God. So I don't think she's trying to. I don't think she's going to succeed now that it's like a national news story. In the 2012 Salt Lake Tribune, it ran a story um, that coincidentally our buddy Jesse from two episodes ago, the nibbling, um, brought up in a different interview because they saw that article come out at 2012. That they had already gone through everything with their aunt. So this coming out in the paper, they were like, fucking shit. My aunt is out here doing shit still. And so Jesse like initially made a comment on the original article and it fuck it their their family found out that they they had put a comment underneath. Base I forget what they said on it. It was basically like Fuck. Yeah, her. I knew I knew this was coming, you know, whatever. Yeah. And the fa- Jesse's family found out that they had commented on it and it caused even more turmoil in her family, even though her family, their family was already pretty fucked up. And because close. I'm, I'm going to guess but. they're not like, oh, my God, you were sent away to a camp where you had run up and down a hill in the middle of the night with no shoes and it was freezing in Utah. Mm-hmm. They were like, how dare you say something about it? Yes, for sure. And also, they, fuck them. Man. I, I know it's fuck true. that religious shit. It's I, always I done in like that turn the other cheek. It's mm-hmm. only so abusers can stay in power. It's true. And also to keep the status quo, because so with Jesse, they basically describe their parents, especially their mom, just not wanting to ever talk about it. Oh, let's talk about it. Sweep it under the rug. I mean, if you remember from that story, Jesse's mom, um, has got it going on. No, that's not. That's, <laughs> that's the song. Um, they hadn't seen Jesse in a year, but came to Jody's house to take a school picture. So it all looked pretty. Yeah. So that that the uh, their mom could put the picture up on the wall. And so everything looked normal. God, fuck those parents. Ugh. Those aren't my parents. So I'm sure like the, the child might be like, hey, wait a minute. You know what I mean? But, I don't know how Jesse feels, but I get how you feel about right. it. Um, so... Anyway, that was just a little aside. It was an interesting connection between the two victims, Jesse and Adam, who otherwise didn't know each other. But Jesse mentioned that they saw the article come out. But whenever that article first came out in 2012 about 
Adam getting her license temporarily suspended, he was only known as John Doe. He hadn't come forth with his name because he was like terrified of her. Um, anywho, so Jody had her license put on probation by the Utah Clinical Mental Health Counselor Licensing Board Ooh. for 18 months, effective January 25th, 2012. Um, below is some detailed information on the probation situation and resolution. Between 2008 and 2010, Hildebrandt repeatedly discussed the couple with their LDS clergy and other mental health therapists without having signed authorization, the DOPL order said. In 2009, she talked about John Doe to the Honor Code office at BYU. In those conversations, Doe said she accused him of having serious problems, but never actually diagnosed him or spent enough time with him to do so. So these are the complaints that were being made by Adam as John Doe to file with that department, whatever. You saw Clinical Mental Health Counseling Licensing Board, um, <laughs> where I guess what you can do in those situations, I don't know. I've never challenged a, th- a therapist before, but I guess you can bring them to this board. No, they're crazy. And yeah, Right. <laughs> I'm not crazy. You're crazy. Um, but you can probably bring if you have like relevant okay. and for, you probably couldn't just be like. They suck. I think you probably have to like have evidence or they whatever. They said I can't blame everything on my mom <laughs> yeah. and I have to take responsibility. They said my mom's not a bitch and she is a bitch and so I'm taking this up. <laughs> um, yeah, so he brought all of this evidence basically even though it seems like the things that he brought to the mental health counsel- counseling licensing board were not uncommon in the LDS community. Like – I, it's still not clear to me where the like. It seems like a very gray area of when the counselor is permitted to speak with the clergy and when the clergy is allowed to take that information in. It seems like there's a lot of gray area or like just ways to get loopholes or something. But the way that he provided to the licensing board basically said like. She was saying all this stuff about me to clergy and, and other therapists and like all these people without authorization to do so. And that's definitely not at least ethical or moral in most states, I would imagine. At least bring me in to talk my case. Or, but you shouldn't be talking. Usually, I don't know if it's somebody probably should be able to who works in therapy or, or mental health could probably write in and be much more succinct about this than me. But it, it I know that there are specific things like you can't. Unless it's like an inherent need of like a minor being safe, like you're not supposed to be able to report stuff from your therapy session. No, I mean, unless you're like, I'm going to kill everyone. Maybe that. I think if you are saying directly, I'm going to do ABCD to this person t- mm-hmm. today, I think like that kind of thing. But she wasn't doing that. <laughs> um, also, she was just making shit up a lot of the time when she was talking to them. So... He brought all these complaints up. And another one of the points that Adam makes in this complaint to the board is something that we talked about a little on the previous episodes that when Jody successfully separates marriages, the wife would often come and work with her, even oh. become certified mental fitness trainers. That's crazy how that worked out. Yeah, I'm surprised nobody so nobody at the top was like, how come all these marriages that are split up, the women go off with that counselor? That's they, crazy. They didn't seem to care that much, apparently, during all of this. So he did include that, which is very relevant. But that's what hap- that happened with his wife, that after 
he they had you know div- or Jody had separated them or whatever you want to call it Adam's ex-wife went and started working in her office what a mental prison she's in just like everyone's out to get you mm-hmm. if I'm ever like that Natalie shake me by the shoulders okay <laughs> <laughs> you guys got it on record. They're all coming to get me. They're coming <laughs> to get me. Amber, you got to do another episode. <laughs> yeah. Amber, you got to record, man. Uh, we need content. The people need the content. Get yourself together, woman. But all these like women that are working for this woman, I mean, like, my God. Yeah, it's pretty bonkers. Just like, what's going on in there? I don't know. I think it's a lot of, again, really young people, really, like, um, not naive as much as impressionable, just impressionable and um, isolated, like not as what's the word I'm thinking of sheltered, like very sheltered people, yeah. which is not their fault. It doesn't mean you're stupid by any means. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at Meta.com slash Metaverse Impact. Your Space Coast vacation is preparing for liftoff. Start counting down now. 10, 9, 8. Seven, it's time for a beach vacay that feels like heaven. Six, five, four, come explore Melbourne and the beaches. Three, two, one, it's time for some rocket-filled fun. Count down to your best beach vacation ever on Florida's Space Coast. Launch your planning now at visitspacecoast.com. While I don't know the actual wording and laws regarding in this state that would warrant a license suspension, um, whether or not that that would immediately warrant one. This is a pattern with Jody. And, and you would think that 
if you saw so many of the wives coming to work for her, that that would be cause for more than a suspension. But they didn't take it into account. And and in this probation violation hearing, I and one of the reasons that I think she gets away with things, you know, when somebody's really, really confident in stuff they're making up, people will believe it, you know? Oh, like the Magnolia guy, Tom Cruise. Oh. <laughs> like that. People believe it. I thought you meant Chip Chip Gaines. <laughs> but just um, like someone who's just like so overly confident and yes. boisterous. You're yes. just like, I guess I follow you. Yes. And so it it seems like she's able to use that super villain power that yeah. she has um, to convince people of be- or confuse them at the very least. So in this probation violation hearing, that's hard to say, um, we see one of her other patterns come through, which is to put herself in the victim's chair. Don't you see? I'm the victim. So what she did here in, in this suspension review, she starts talking about this stalker she has. This is taken... This is a section of the notes from that meeting. Miss Hildebrandt noted that currently a former client and the inability to protect herself and her family from him stalking her is the biggest stress in her life. She believes that confidentiality laws should prohibit her from identifying him to legal authorities at this time. She continues to be concerned about herself and her family's safety because she believes that she is still being stalked. She believes that he has been to her home two times since her meeting with the board in September. Miss Hildebrandt stated she continues working with law enforcement for assistance in this matter. Currently, her local police department has 18 calls from her regarding the stalking and vandalisms. Is that true? Um, I don't think so. No. I don't know that she ever had provided evidence to that, and I don't think that she was even trying to. What I think she was doing, and I think I see her doing this with the arrest now, is that she's implanting ideas. So I do think probably this was made up. And it's most likely said in a very specific way. Like we were just talking about how she had her the wives speak of their husbands in like specific language. I think when she was saying this, it was in a way to not point exact fingers at anybody because oh, she would need proof. Because it might be this guy stalking me. Yes. And so I think she was trying to get the idea in the interviewee's heads that perhaps she means that the man filing this complaint is the stalker. But you can look at the police reports and see if she's called. She, well, she, you, she could probably have called and maybe they came to her house, but they didn't see anything. Like she could have just said something. Okay. You know what I mean? So that doesn't necessarily provide any evidence. But so she is using this idea. It strikes just enough doubt in their heads that it makes them question. Well, maybe this guy's accusations, they're really, I mean, they're wild accusations. You wouldn't normally, because Jody is so like sinister and insidious it does sound crazy when you're like she ripped my marriage apart and she got me arrested and she put me in jail it sounds like a guy who's an asshole right and so even though he has this evidence but we have this poor crying blonde she's blonde she's blonde woman blondes can never do anything wrong especially if they have blue eyes especially especially in utah god's country so it's this it's like sort of like Placing these little sprinkles in where maybe she wasn't going to make the suspension totally go away, but 
she, maybe she could just get the barest minimum because we don't fully know. Maybe this guy has been the stalking her and we, she can't talk about it. She says, I can't tell you who the name is because of legal reasons, but I have a stalker wink. And then they're like, oh, it might be this guy who filed the complaint. She's fucking insane, Natalie. Yeah. What a bitch. <laughs> yeah. So, I know I've said that like 20 times this episode. It's fair. Um, so that's what happened, though. She got she got was what was basically a slap on the wrist. And and mind you, this is years into her already holding minors against their will and torturing them and, you know, most certainly had already split a bunch of families apart at this point. But all she got was a brief suspension um, in nothing. to. I mean, there was no, doesn't seem to be anything done about the wives that come, came and worked with her and stuff. Like, I just think they didn't like, care. Oh, well, yeah. we're not going to put two together there. Nah. And it's really, really frustrating to read the minutes on her interviews. Um by the way, a, a great re- if you would like to yourself read them, there's a good resource to follow most of her crimes thus far, and it's JodyHildebrandt.com. All right, which is good on whoever got it got the the just the basic name uh, handle website there. It's not a pro Jody website. It's somebody who has collected, and it's not slanderous. It's just collecting all of the things that have happened, and just at JodyHildebrandt.com. So you can go find it there. There we go. Um, they provide a lot of legal documents on the site. And I, I should also I also just want to say I don't f- necessarily fault the board because she clearly is a master manipulator. And I don't think it's necessarily because they were like negligent as much as she was really able to, to sort of m- move the the pieces around a little bit. I for mean, herself. she's really smart, like genius yeah. level smart. And I don't mean that in a good way. Right. You know, Diabolical. Diabolical. Because I feel like I, if I were her at this point, I would like have folded and just be like, you guys, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. No, I'm you, bad. Yeah. You, I mean, you could have never, not, this is again, not an insult. You could have never done. Tortured a you, child. You could have never gotten to this level of, of her life. Right. <laughs> where she's wealthy now um, because you are a good person. Thanks. So something else that stuck out to me in this article from 2012 on from the Salt Lake Tribune is uh, about her suspension is this. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints said Wednesday that Hildebrand is no longer on the LDS Family Services referral list due to the case. Well. No, that is a load of horseshit. That oh. is such a lie. I'm going to say, maybe they're saying that they stopped referring to her on paper somewhere. Maybe they took her off a list on their site, but she was consistently getting clients from the church up until she was thrown into jail a month ago. Damn, they're lying too? They're they're fibbing. Everybody's a liar, <laughs> Natalie. They're at least fudging the truth a little bit. Wow. Maybe she was taken off this list, but the, the um, not Beacons, the fucking Dirkers. The big boys. The Beepops. What do they call bishops? Bishops. The bishops uh, around her were still sending people to her. I mean, she still got a hold of everybody in the LDS community. I mean, what a manipulator. Because I'm surprised the bishops weren't like, she's breaking up all these marriages. Well, unfortunately, a lot of the people who have come forward said the bishops are... uh, Jesse, the bishop, saw them be duct taped in church and was like called her called uh, Jesse a horse that needed broken. The bishops are not much better is what I'm saying. So, yeah. Oh, this is like a swamp full of shit. Yeah, it's a shit shit swamp. <laughs> um so about that. So the news about her going to jail 
when we first started this series, it was just really happening. And it's still an evolving story from that day when the news broke in the at the end of August. Or I guess I guess I should say devolving. It gets more grim. Unraveled. It's it's not getting better. Stripped. By the day. Yeah. Um, so when we first learned of Ruby's children being found in Jody's three point whatever million dollar prison. Which, by the way, I kill, I still can't believe like they were doing videos in mm-hmm. these pastel sort of like ding, 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 ding. Come bring your family to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there were children being duct taped mm-hmm. like a room behind them. Yeah. In a fucking scream shelter. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That's not even this hyperbolic. Is, that's what, that was happening. That to keep reiterating this. I know. These people are crazy. Yeah, it's really dark. Um so that we know that. We knew that happened that, that the two of her six children were found in Jody's home in her mansion and we knew that they were in bad shape, but there was little else known at that point. Well, we know more now. Um first, I, just an update on the police report. So now some of the police reports of the initial searches and all that have been released to the public. And it's it's not great. Um, it's it's pretty, pretty bad. And there was a note in the police report that was so sinister and perplexing that it was making a lot of headlines, which it is. This is not it's not it is horrible. But basically, as the report was noting the crime scene, they mentioned they found all of these bandages that they they had also found on the kids that were sitting alongside bottles of honey and cayenne pepper. Is that heal wounds or something? Or make it worse? So that's obviously that sounds incredibly terrifying. Um, It sounds like something from a Saw movie. Uh, and that this it, it, this what I'm about to say doesn't make it better, but it turns out it's an old home remedy to staunch bleeding. Fuck. So that that's just something that I I mean I wouldn't have known that, but people have. There's been a lot of um, references to suggest that this has been around for a long time to do that. To if you have like a if you've got an open wound, you can try to like close the wound up with this or like help it heal. And um, I don't know if it actually works or not, but what this is probably suggesting is that these two extremely sick women were trying to prevent having to take these emaciated and battered children to a hospital. And so they when they were causing them to bleed, they were trying to do home remedies on them so that they wouldn't be seen by an ER because they were obviously being abused. That is a Saw movie. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not any better just because it wasn't just for sheer torture. It was it's as, as, it's as sick um, to patch him up just enough to keep him going. Yeah. And like you're not implicated. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I feel gross even talking about it. Um, and there's some other really notable kind of tragic updates. So of Ruby's six children, two are legally adults, but still very young. I think their eldest is 20. We know of the two, so those are the oldest. We know of the two who were found in horrific conditions. They were the two youngest. But it was unclear where the other two middle children were. We now know that there is a third woman in connections named Pam Bodcher. Bodcher. B-O-D-T-C-H-E-R. Yeah, Pam Bodcher. Um, And it turns out in newer interviews with Jesse, the nibbling, they say they knew Pam all the way back when they were being held captive in the late 2000s. So 
This woman, Pam, apparently has been Jody's lackey for like decades. What's a lackey? Uh, like her hunch, her henchman, like behind the scenes working with Jody. Getting the honey and cayenne pepper. Kind of, yeah. I mean, that's sort of what Jesse was inferring that Pam never did any of the abuse on Jesse, but would be present for it, would be around, would like be doing stuff in the, like knew it was all happening. And so two of... The other two middle children of Ruby's were found with this woman, Pam, at her house. So fortunately, they didn't have the same signs of abuse and neglect, but they were staying with this woman of Jody's like company. I'm she, sure she wasn't great. She, I imagine she's a woman who would do anything for Jody, including horrible things. You know what I mean? Like she just was like a yes woman for Jody. And so for whatever reason... Ruby's two children were with Pam during all of this. So, yeah, insane. So during that initial arrest, when all of this was happening first, they didn't know where the middle children were and they couldn't get anybody to give them any answers about it. And so when they're trying to find these two middle kids, they're they're not at Jody's house. They go six hours or five hours north to Ruby's house. They're like, maybe they're at Ruby's house. So they're knocking, knocking. Nobody's answering the door. They end up kicking the door in at Ruby's house looking for the two kids. They're not there. They eventually figure out by somebody telling them that they were at this woman Pam's house. And they they are technically safe, but I'm sure have also gone through horrible things, just even if it's just mentally. And so during all of this mess Ruby's estranged husband, Kevin. Is also not that great, right? No, no. He's showing up to the court hearings trying to get custody of the children, the ones he hasn't seen or spoken to in 14 months. Oh, great. Yeah, he's just been gone. Yeah. Don't worry, kids. He's been to Thailand just chilling out. Yeah. Essentially, what Kevin's attorney has been arguing on TV is that he was manipulated by Jody, which I believe, but... He basically agreed that he would not have any contact with his family until Jody gave him the thumbs up to because he wanted to fix his marriage. And that's what he he seems to be much more invested in Ruby than the kids. He seems to be like really into Ruby, his wife. And so he agreed to do this thing. I get it. I do think he was probably manipulated. However, I have a hard time sympathizing whenever you have these minor children and you've just not even checked if they're okay or alive or anything right. for over a year. Because you're an adult now. Yeah. And these are your kids. This is your, your, it's your job. It's your responsibility. It's time to man up. Yeah. So he hasn't he, – he, now that he's shown up, he's trying to get custody of these children. There are very few supporting him in his pursuits to get his kids back. For one, again, hasn't known their whereabouts in a year, over a year. Two – He's pretty complicit in the child exploitation aspect of his children because even though Ruby was the driving force on the family channel, he was an active participant and he never stepped in when Ruby would openly say that they were abusing their children on their channel. He was also super real. You know, he was there, was really excited about sending their teenage son to one of those fucked up wilderness camps. Like he wasn't he was a part of all of these things. Yeah. And so people are mostly like. This is to say Kevin sucks. In, right. my, in my little worthless opinion, that's what I think. Um, so Kevin has been showing up to these hearings involving his minor children. You know who else has been showing up? His eldest daughter, Sherry. You know who she's not talking to at those hearings? Her father. 
Um, she, in fact, has been trying to get custody of her siblings. That might be the best option. It sucks because she's 20. This yeah. should not be on her shoulders, but it's very clear that she's ready to take on the role of parenting just to keep her father from gaining custody. She's probably the most mature out of everybody there. Totally. But that says a lot about what she thinks of her dad and what she witnessed in the home. You know what I mean? Like she's so desperate to get the children to not be with him that she said, I'll, I'll take them at a a 20, (laughs) at 20 years old. Um, So on top of this already tragic turn of events, And if you'll recall, before this, we talked about it briefly. Sherry already was trying to get wellness checks done on her siblings. And there was, I I forget how many calls there were to to Jody Hildebrandt's house and Ruby's house um, over the last couple years. But it was like this insane number of wellness check calls and they never did anything or found kids or like helped them or anything. But uh, Sherry herself was one of the people making calls, being like, you have to check on my siblings. They haven't had... I know for a fact that there's no adults there and they, they I don't know if they have food, Whoa. like all this stuff. Sherry must have felt like she was screaming into the void. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like, please, please, somebody. Be like, oh, we don't know. Sorry. Yeah, like in that one of the ones she called the police, the police came and they said they could see the kids inside. They wouldn't answer the door and then they just left. Like, huh. <laughs> All right. I... I uh, um... I mean, also, I don't have the full... I wasn't there. Maybe I'm missing a huge thing. I'm trying not to just jump to conclusions. Um, But so uh, on top of this (laughs) already tragic turn of events, we as the public also have just recently found out that during all of this, Kevin had tried to get Sherry arrested. His own daughter? Yes. Why? Well... In the initial days after the arrest, the two middle children, again, were still missing. So when they kicked in Ruby's house, they, like, broke the door down. And Kevin had not been there in a year. But Sherry was working closely with the police after her mom's arrest. Again, she had already been trying to work with the police. So now she's here, you know, not even being resentful. They didn't help. Just being like, hey, I'm here. I would like to be invested in this situation. I have a lot of... Things to say that, like, I know what about these kids. I know about my parents. Please let me help. And so she is. She's, like, invested in the police investigation. And so after they kicked down Ruby's door, they let Sherry go in because Sherry lived. That was her family home. She's the oldest daughter. Yes. Um, There was no reason for them to think she wasn't allowed in the house. And um, when Kevin eventually got there and got wind that Sherry had been in the house um, and found out that his daughter had taken some belongings for her siblings. He tried to have her arrested for burglary. Oh, fuck him. I cannot. Bro, what are you doing? Like, what are you thinking? You you would try to arrest the daughter who, like, has already been through this deep trauma he was trying to get belongings for her siblings out of the house, and he tries to get her arrested. This should look bad on him, but I don't know if I trust the Utah courts after this. I, I know. I think I do think because it's become a national story, it will have to be t- treated as yeah. such. But if it wasn't, I do wonder what they would end up doing. Because he's an LDS. He's a professor. He's at, an elder. I mean, at BYU. I guess get her arrested. <sighs> I will say that the cops in this instance... Their report, whether or not it was for appearances or not, I don't, I don't even care. They basically were like, yeah, we're not going to do that, you fuck. 
Like they're like, no. <laughs> and then he threatened to sue the police when they wouldn't arrest his daughter. Whoa, I kind of, I kind of admire his gumption. He's suing everybody. <laughs> I'm going to sue my daughter. I'm going to sue the police. I'm going to sue God. Yeah, woohoo! <laughs> um, so I imagine what happened. This is my guess. Is he knew that there was some really incriminating stuff in that house. Oh yeah. He hadn't been there for a year. And he's mad his daughter's in the house, who he has not spoken to in over well over a year because she had cut contact with them when he and Ruby's marriage ended that she kind of like took her exit there. And so I think that he was trying to get there ahead of police and he was trying to get there ahead of his daughter because I think he knew there might be some stuff in there that might make him look bad. Oh, my God. Was anything found? We, we don't know, know but the, because we haven't done the trial yet. But we learn now when Sherry was getting the things for her her siblings. I mean, and there were there were the, real things. It's the, like dolls and stuff, I'm sure. Well, But also like iPads, things like that they need for school, that kind of stuff. And I think she possibly took stuff she knew was had incriminating things so she could make copies. Oh. And... I'm not saying that because she should be impl- I don't that's not illegal. Like she just had her family stuff. It was it's you know whatever. And I think that um cuz she also took some cameras. <gasps> Sherry, Sherry, Sherry. I think this like she's such a badass. Yes, this. I'd be scared the whole time. Imagine like going mm-hmm. in the house. I'd be shaking. Like, oh, I'm sure she was. How <gasps> where's the camera? I know they film it. Yeah. So whatever was on there, we don't know, but if she got if she if there's stuff on it, she probably has a copy now. And then she returned because he was screaming that he was going to have her arrested. She brought the stuff back to the police uh, station and the police gave it back to her dad. Oh, I hope she made copies. I hope so, too. Do you think to the cops she was like, I'm just going to go in this room real quick and grab a couple things <laughs> Wait right there. And was just like grabbed cameras full of incriminating evidence. I feel like I in my wildest hopes, they Basically, like, we're like, go find whatever you need, wink, wink. Um, and just let her take what she, I mean, she wasn't doing anything wrong. It was her fucking, chill, it was her sibling's belongings. Her childhood home. Yeah. Um, so I, I hope, I hope that she got some evidence for them and we'll see. Um We'll see. There's so much. The court, the the trial is keeps getting pushed back, and it's, I mean, fine in my book because they that means they can't get bail in between while they wait. They just keep waiting. I mean, they can't even the bail hearings keep keep, keep getting pushed back. So they're not. I don't think they're getting out, which is no. So they're still in prison, but we yeah. just don't want Kevin to have the kids. No, and I think actually there's going to be a lot of grounds to um, prevent that from happening. I think I think it's going to be okay, but um. Anyway, that's just a little bit of a wrap up on that. Um, and I wanted to say for this one, Adam Paul Steed adamantly denies wanting money, but Mormon stories encouraged him to send a link to donate to. And he agreed that he would take money to give to his parents because his dad lost his job and his pension because of all the defending of his son in court. Why? Because it's people intimidating him. It's just more Mormon stuff. It's LDS stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So you can PayPal. It's. I'll tell you which capital letters. I'm not sure if that would ever matter for PayPal, but capital A D A M, capital P A U L zero four zero five, Adam Paul zero four zero five, 
at gmail.com. You can send donations to him. And he's like a very, he's an incredible dude. Obviously, he's not trying to make any money from this. He didn't, he kept pushing, pushing against the Mormon stories, wanting to help him get donations and then he eventually was like I'll give it to victims or I'll give it to my parents I mean honestly he should take this money and like I mean to, I agree go to Cabo and chill by the beach I agree but he he doesn't want to do that so if you want to um, send anything to him we'll, we'll obviously do that here at Spun and he um, you know to help his dad out for doing this like impossibly brave thing because apparently um you are a leper if you help your son he from being molested. Turn the other cheek, Natalie. He should have. He should have turned the other cheek. Turned the other cheek. Turn your other butt cheek over and kick it. Yeah, fart in your face. Fart. Um. So next week we're going to go back into some of the updates and other things going on in the parasocial landscape. Um. But, yeah, I know we did a kind of a long one on Ruby, but this was a long time coming. We did an episode on her last season, and this was a um, really big deal for this world. And yeah. um, hopefully will ultimately revolve uh, result in um, some changes, even if it's in, in the future. It can be, like, referenced at the very least, this horrible thing that happened. What a scary, scary lady. Yeah, Um Jody definitely became the supervillain in this, but Ruby also was like primed for it. I think she was prepared for because of her need to have appearances and because of what she already was willing to do um, for um, YouTube to her children. So let's not do that. Yeah, yeah, let's not do that. Um, what should I do? Show your butthole. Yeah, show my butthole. I don't think I'll get anybody to pay for that though, girl. Don't even now you're gonna get messages. Believe me. <laughs> Believe Give me you two me. Two nickels in a in a fish. Ooh, I mean that's that's currency in a lot of parts yeah. of the world, and I think that's nice. You're worth you're worth more than you're worth, <laughs> your butthole's worth at least three or four fishes. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. I'm Natalie Jean. Amber Smelson. We are saucy, pert, and greasy. We hope you are as well this week. We'll see you soon. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is a message for anyone with high LDLC or bad cholesterol who has had or is at risk of having a cardiovascular adverse event. Merck is studying an investigational medication to see whether it may help lower the risk of future cardiovascular adverse events. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death worldwide, and in the United States alone, there are over 73 million people living with high LDLC. To learn about whether you may qualify, visit CoralReefStudies.com now. 
Again, that is C-O-R-A-L-R-E-E-F-S-T-U-D-I-E-S dot com.